Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. Uh, Before I go into the synopsis, I just want to give a reminder to our listeners that while the podcast is for everyone, this week the themes of teen pregnancy, child abandonment, family separation and loss, and chronic homelessness are all featured. So if those aren't things you're ready or interested to hear about at the moment, please join us for the next one. Okay, in this episode, we meet Lynette, a 15-year-old girl, the oldest in her family and a frequent caregiver for her younger siblings, including a baby. Lynette is secretly pregnant, and when she goes into labor, she gives birth alone in an abandoned building. She leaves the baby at the front steps of Nonata's house, but an improperly delivered placenta has left Lynette with complications, and when she collapses during a rehearsal for the nativity play, she is taken to the hospital and her secret comes out. Mrs. Jenkins is a homeless and older woman that Jenny encounters just after having delivered Hilda Levin's baby in one of the Poplar apartment buildings. Mrs. Jenkins has a sixth sense about when a baby has been born and Sister Evangelina knows her well. Mrs. Jenkins was a victim of the workhouse and she was sent there after being widowed. Her children were separated from her and all four died while there due to, quote, failure to thrive. Jenny and Sister Evangelina begin to visit her regularly, and Jenny researches Mrs. Jenkins and her family and helps Mrs. Jenkins resolve some of her grief over losing her children when Jenny takes her to the public graveyard where they are buried. Lastly, it's the Christmas season, and the annual nativity play is being held at the parish hall where the scouts with the scouts as performers. Chummy is scout leader and sets out to update some of the worst-for-wear costumes and props 
After a lot of hard work, burst pipe in Chummy's old bedroom ruins most of the new crepe paper creations. The midwives, nuns, and Mrs. Jenkins band together to remake everything in time, and the whole community gathers for the show. So that's the synopsis. And girls, I got to tell you, I'm going to say it again. I've said it before. I started crying almost immediately. And this one, I cried almost entirely the whole way through the episode. I couldn't stop. This episode is so intense. I know. Oh. I know. Your synopsis is so much better than mine, Jen. Well done. <laughs> they're, not, they're not better. <laughs> they're not better. They're just different. Right. Before we start, this isn't even slightly on topic. Well, it is on topic. It's about Call the Midwife. But this isn't about each of the storylines. But there was one bit that I just thought straight away, should they be encouraging that? At the very start, because obviously it's a Christmas special and there's like nativities going on and all this. Mm-hmm. Sister Mary yeah. Jones gets straw and she's like, oh, the mar- some, a vendor at the market very kindly gifted this to me. Like she's literally just been up for trial for stealing. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like oh well done monica joe like surely you'd be like did you steal that did you get that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah surely she's not got a lot of goodwill with the market vendors well, that's what i was thinking is this market vendor new like <laughs> i immediately wondered if she had stolen that yeah immediately wondered that i was like did you pay for that <laughs> but the rest of them are like oh yay not like mm, should we check <laughs> yeah they clearly haven't uh set up a like a chaperone program to go with her when she's quote shopping they need to yeah yeah right which storyline we're doing first well you know what let's just start off with the two sad ones because we've got we've got to find a way to find this uplifting by the end i think okay yeah mrs jenkins oh my god her i hurt between her and lynette this episode really did me in i mean yeah i said to you out fire the klaxon for me just crying again i just Oh my god, cry, cry, cry. And my mom watched it with me when I rewatched for this prep preparation. And she she was the tears were flowing. We both had tissues, like soaking wet tissues at the end. Well, do you do you recognize the actress? Oh no, I don't. Oh, Mrs. Uh, Jenkins? Mrs. Yeah. Jenkins? I she looked familiar, but I couldn't place her at all. Have you heard of a TV sitcom over here called Benidorm? No, oh, I didn't watch Benidorm. He did I. Oh no, I do know who you mean now. Yeah, the the woman, the bright orange woman in the wheelchair. <laughs> she's played such. She's a brilliant actress because she played really such good. a different part. She's really good. Yeah, I think Mrs. Jenkins as well shows how far Jenny Lee's come because at one point Jenny Lee would have just despaired, yeah. despaired of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think, and also it just shows a more caring side to her. Like she's actually really getting into it rather than judging them. She's, mm-hmm. you know, being compassionate and caring and. The bit, the scene, the scene with the graves. Oh, I honestly, I just lost it. The bit, I did, I loved the bit where um, they were describing to Sister Evangelina that they bumped into this lady. And um, is it Chummy that says she was having a whittle in the gutter? And, and then Sister <laughs> Evangelina was like, yeah, that's her. <laughs> I'd know her anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I know, truly the, the most bleak description, but um, oh man. Yeah, well, the I mean, the graves is, is we get to it, but but I, Alex, I thought you were going to say that um, the scene where they're all sitting around the table and Jenny is like talking about how sad Mrs. Jenkins' story is, and I actually was surprised. Monica Joan basically was like, "Well, that's the way life is." Like, sorry, you know. And Jenny was like, "No, no, this is terrible. This is so unjust." And then 
Sister Evangelina came to Monica Jones' defense and she was like, no, no, that, that's what's going on. And she's like, well, at least, you know, she's being well taken care of now. Everything works out. And Jenny was like, no, nothing has worked out. This is terrible. Like, we're helping her, but this is literally the least we can do to make this woman's life habitable. And yeah, but she I, was I, like, what are you going to do? Meh. Like, the, there was no, like, because obviously she went to the records yeah. places and got the actual gravestones and stuff, but it was, like, the great the places where the kids were laid to rest. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> it's the way that Sister Evangelina, like, I feel like they were trying to portray that she was saying something sage and wise, being like, oh, well, you know what to do. Like, she knew actually what Jenny should do, but wasn't mm. going to tell her. But mm-hmm. actually, I just think mm-hmm. she came across as a bitch. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what I honestly thought of? Um, so when I was, so I'm, I'm a social worker. I, when I was in my grad program, I did internships in different placements. And, you know, much like Jenny, like I walked into those uh, internships with, I mean, I, I had no, you know, prior knowledge of what I was, you know, going to be doing when I was there and so you know everything was very new and I you know I had to learn on the job and all that kind of like how she did anyways when Jenny goes to the records office and you know takes time out of her day to really look all that up and figure that out and find something that she can do that's meaningful for Mrs. Jenkins beyond just what the basic services are that are being provided I really thought about you know us during grad school because a lot of the you know my fellow students and I would kind of talk about how our supervisors or other coworkers at our placements were kind of just like well you know listen we're doing the best we can here and we just you know we've all got a caseload and you know it is what it is and they would tell us you know listen the energy that you have right now the passion that you have right now you know don't burn yourself out on it but try to keep that because you're going to look at things with fresh eyes in a way that you know someone who's been doing the job may not do and you may be able to do something more innovative or more helpful for a client than someone who kind of is stuck in that you know just rote system of of service providing and that's what I really felt like was really special about Jenny like to me she kind of shown in this episode in a way that I haven't seen her before and I really respected her effort to try to do something more meaningful for Mrs. Jenkins than just you know very good but you know expected basic care so that was a beautiful take on it jen but also highly depressing but basically <laughs> anyone who's been a social worker for a long time just like Meh. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean we can have a whole conversation about social service provision in our countries and there's a lot to say about that but no, this is know. called the midwife one not depressing. <laughs> well it is quite depressing at times yeah. right let's talk about um Sister Evangelina doing a big Trump in front of... Uh... Oh, could oh they not God. have, like... I mean, she does this so that um, Mrs Jenkins will warm... I did love it when Mrs Jenkins slapped Sister Evangelina because we've all wanted to do it. <laughs> but also, wasn't it such a good moment of vindication? Because Sister Evangelina was like, oh, you young kids today, you don't know how to... Don't they teach you anything? You sit in the class all day, you don't know how to, you know, serve patients. And then she goes and tries to do the same thing and she just gets knocked on her ass. Or, yeah, sorry, but then her... she did actually she was able to do it like she, she was she by did. Trump. she did yeah by right, fighting right. and then she did she was like do you want here in an extra key and it give her a juice it wasn't a different <laughs> key i just well, thought thank oh, god for the for the humor i mean we really needed it sorry go ahead bex what'd you say i just that was unnecessary i thought <laughs> <laughs> there's incest and everything and you're more offended by that <laughs> i am offended by the fact yeah and also, I didn't know if that was like a phrase, because I don't know that saying, like, you know. No, I think that one is cat's got out. it. It's gone by the door. Like, I didn't know if it was oh, like I didn't, poem. I didn't know what she was talking about. And so, I mean, they really spelled it out the way they the way they did the different shots of everyone. But I was like, yeah. what are you on about? Yeah, I had no idea. So anyway, it turns out she'd obviously been widowed, had these five kids. They mm. were all, they all didn't thrive, blah, blah, blah. 
But obviously it's now that she's like destitute. She's been thrown out of the workhouse basically with nothing. But she had these, like she's not taking care of herself. She had the workhouse howl. Mm. I feel like someone's done some research on workhouses mm-hmm. and have really been riding. I, I, I wondered if they'd been doing like workhouse little bits to kind of feed up to the Christmas episode. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got confused with the workhouse howl because when the first time I watched this episode, I thought that was Annette giving birth. Oh, okay. <laughs> Could have been. And then I realised it was completely... I was like, no, it's not the workhouse howl. That's Lynette. If you go and investigate, you'll find a child giving birth to a child. Um, but it wasn't. Hmm. No, Lynette was actually surprisingly quiet. Oh, my God. We can't... Okay, we can't talk about Lynette for just a second. But the thing is, is um, the other thing that gave Jenny the clue about um, what the history with Mrs. Jenkins was, was that she kept on... Um, Mrs. Jenkins kept on gra- grabbing Jenny's hand and saying, oh, my Rosie, my Rosie, as if Jenny was her daughter. Yeah, her eldest um, daughter. And that was the kind of the clue that gets you through that. You know, oh, it's just hard. Oh, it, it did well, get me as well when she would, whenever any of the babies were born, she would ask if the babies were thriving. So I think mm. she probably knew that her, her children had died. Yeah. Oh, and can I just say how, I, I understand it. I understand it. But it was so mean when, when she was looking at the babies in their carriages because they were all parked outside of the, the parish hall for the, you know, the event or whatever. And she came over and she was just looking at the kids. And the mom doing came the birds. Yeah. And the mom came out and yelled at her. And, you know, she was like, I wouldn't have done anything. I wouldn't have. I'm not being That's funny. Basically if a vagrant came over to my child and was all over it, I'd be like, get away from my child. You're going to leave your child unattended in a public vestibule that's open to anyone. And then you're going to be mad that somebody comes over and talks to it. I'm just saying. In the 50s, yes, I am. <laughs> that is basically when anyone brings a baby into work, that's basically me, like, hovering over <laughs> Same. It's like, can I hold it? Can I hold it? Yeah, yeah. I know, and that's, oh. COVID has really done for it because you can't hold strangers' babies anymore. Oh, well, not strangers, God. but colleagues. <laughs> So rude, right? Yeah. Um, my neighbor, my neighbors had a baby during COVID, and I haven't been able to hold the baby. Just have to politely coo at it. They wouldn't let you. Did you? Have, did you the dicky bird through the window I at didn't, night. I didn't ask because I thought you, you don't want the awkwardness of them being like, "No, please don't come near my baby." Two meters. <laughs> Oh, but Sister Julian was really nice to her. And I will say there was there was a really positive. I mean, again, it's it's a it's a tough resolution still. But the fact that Mrs. Jenkins is able to come in at the end and help with the Christmas costumes, I thought was really, really sweet. Well, I've got I've got an issue with that. She was at a workhouse working however many hours a day with us on a sewing machine. Right. Yeah. Given a sewing machine when she left, basically, is like a. You can work now, which is, again, she's just been doing that the whole time and neglected and abused while she did it. And then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I know. Let's get you working for us. Yeah. Flashbacks of neglect and abuse. I, don't, <laughs> I didn't like it. No, but th- she's just helping out with a bit of a craft circle. She's not, they've not got her on a, like, I mean, Jenny, Jenny invited her to emancipation come emancipation and- <laughs> for Mrs. Jenkins wait 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 can we just talk about this one thing really quick and this is this is a very like practical detail but okay now our listeners don't know but in my in my previous career before I became a social worker I worked as a as a seamstress and wardrobe and everything for theater and so I actually am a really really good sewer and I've I've done sewing for a long long, long time now I've been on tabletop machine I've been on you know tables industrial machines and everything but most people when you think of like a sewing machine that you could take with you. You think of like a, a sewing machine in a, in a case that you could carry. 
But when Mrs. Jenkins came to sew with the girls, she literally had a hand cranked pedal yeah. machine. Yeah. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, that's because I'm, you know, because of the time and everything, I'm thinking that's the machine they gave her one. What, what, like you're literally going to, you can't hand that machine to somebody. And this one, I mean, Mrs. Jenkins weighs, I'm sure 90 pounds soaking wet. I mean, she is the tiniest, littlest lady. And even if the workhouse was 20 years before, and think about the RSI. Think go? about the RSI for the uh, turning it, turning the handle and everything, the heavy handle. Yeah. Wait, and there's you two thinking it's lovely. Oh, there she is. Repetitive strain injury. Oh, well, the only thing I said was lovely about it was that I had to assume that Jenny said, oh, you know, this is what we're doing. We need a little help. Would you be interested in coming by to help? And that she willingly said, yes, I'm excited. I want to do that. And I'm going to come. It's not like, I mean, she came over on delicious. And Sib. And Sib. No, no, it's companionship. It's like a sewing circle. Invite her around for a cup of tea, not to do your bloody sewing. Yeah, Why don't you get her doing your ironing at all? Yeah, well, yeah. we probably did give her a hot meal and, you know, any cake that Mrs. Monica Joan hadn't eaten already, basically. So, yeah. Okay, so should we should we chat about Lynette? Maybe we can find a silver lining more in Lynette's story. Oh, Lynette. And Chummy, oh. Chummy really, oh, damn, what was the word I'm trying to look for? Identified. Identifies mm. with Lynette. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that scene where Trix, she's like, oh, because Lynette was looking at stuff and like she's just telling her that she's about got a job with her dad's factory and stuff. And she was like, oh, being a teenager, not knowing how you feel about yourself, how you look and feeling awkward all the time and all this. Do you, do you remember that? And Trixie's like, no, don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> I literally wrote it down. <clears throat> I literally wrote down. Um, where is it? Uh, that feeling of dreading getting noticed, but fearing you aren't visible at all. Yeah, and, and you know, tr- tr- like Chummy's having this whole moment. She's like really, you know, with so much like tenderness and longing and empathy, looking at Lynette and everything. And she's kind of just hunched over the pamphlets, you know, trying to figure out how she's gonna be able to give birth on her own. And Trixie's just reading, you know, like photo play magazine or something. And she's like, nope, never had that problem. Literally, never even crossed my mind. Anyways, and Chummy just looks at her and she's, oh my gosh, yeah. I well, the context. Lynette, like I think her name absolutely sums her up. She's mm. quite a dumpy little ginger girl. It's very unassuming. You'd never think that she would be pregnant, let's be honest, because she's a really good girl. And that's not because of the way she looks, because she's a really good girl. She's mm. with her brothers all the time. She's collecting them. Her parents are obviously very protective because she's picking them up. The parents don't like them all being away. She does loads in the house. Her dad's there giving her stuff, saying, oh, you know, what you do doesn't get unnoticed and all this. Mm. And um, and obviously it's the last one you think would be having a baby. And she's even in the nativity still. That's how young she is. She's one mm. of the older angels, isn't she, to help, you know, mm-hmm. shepherd mm-hmm. the other angels. So she has the baby in the middle of the night and then leaves it on the steps of Nanata's house. I would love to discover an abandoned baby. <laughs> Would you give it in? Would you hand it in? No, Wait, that's Bex's baby now. now. She'd be like, no, finders keepers. I'm having this baby. Can I just say, though, she was really clever with the way that she, like, got some thread and clamped, like, the thing and, you know. Yeah. It was in the pamphlets. Yeah. I know, but I was still in. I would be able to do that, Bex. Now I'm 41. She was prepared. Well, She's stolen the kitchen scissors. Yeah, and her mum was, like, onto it. And she was like, no, I haven't. But she had. Girls, you're missing the biggest thing that she did that was impressive. She literally gave birth to her own baby. She pulled the baby out of herself. Yeah, that, that's pretty impressive. I life. mean, <laughs> like, like clamping, clamping the, the umbilical cord is, forget it. I mean, that is literally the cherry on top. But I mean, when I saw her literally reaching down and grabbing the baby, I was, I, I mean, I was just, 
on the floor flabbergasted like well, Jen, I was, like, I'm not gonna never... lie but I was most impressed that she didn't swear or scream or shout like I was so loud when I was giving birth oh, I, I met someone who was in the room next to me um uh-huh. like a few months after having the baby and she was like oh my goodness you were the one you were the one who swore loads next to me <laughs> <laughs> so my point being Good on her. Kudos to yeah, her for the non-screaming. Yeah. Oh, wait, girls. I, I took, I took, a, I wrote down another quote that absolutely I was sobbing. Okay. So they gave the, so Lynette realizes, you know, she's like, I, I can't do anything this baby. She, she puts it on the steps of Nanana's house. And then um, that's the only time that's ever happened. Cynthia notes. She's like, we've yeah, been in 60 years. years. I was what? shocked. Right. Yeah. I was sure they'd have had more by now. I thought at least a dozen in 60 years. I mean, you, anyways, but so. Yeah, but you've got to remember the time as well. It wasn't like promiscuity was a big thing. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, really? I think people have always been promiscuous. I think there's always babies. Well, maybe in marriage and stuff, but like it was a real no-no sex before marriage in those days, especially in the war was going on and things like that, like... But then that's why you would think that there were more reasons for babies to be abandoned because yeah. when people did get in that situation, they would have to, they didn't have an alternative. Yeah. I mean, like they had to, they, you know, like safe harbor laws exist to protect, you know what I'm saying? Because they, you know, for the. You know, I just reason. don't think there was that as, as much. We'll have to okay. Well, maybe maybe we need to do more research. Anyways, but the thing is, so the police come to investigate because they're like, we're have you know we have to figure out what's going on and we have to see if we can you know reunite this baby or find out who's done this. And Professor Noakset comes and he says, you know, he's taking all the notes and everything, and then he goes, "Why would someone do this?" And I mean, I'm already so gone here. But then Sister Julian says, oh, I, "I think there's only two re- reasons for doing anything. One is love, and one is fear." And I think both are were, were at work in this situation. And, uh, you know, Sister Julian, I just, I don't know if I've really gone into it before, but she's the most wise, like, wonderful. She's, she's a Yoda, we call the midwife. Really, <laughs> truly, truly, truly the Yoda. I mean, she honestly always, her delivery, her demeanor, the things she says, they are just, she puts everything into just such beautiful context i just but that really had me go i i i I was back at it again just you know sobbing when she said that it was i felt so overwhelmed i loved that the nuns were putting together um clothes and things from was it from lost property yeah but then they wouldn't have him in a pink bonnet so they even (laughs) shelled out for a blue bonnet 
yeah. booties. It was booties. But I was a bit like, well, he's cold. Like, put the pink ones on now, mate, and then change them later. <laughs> like, he's just been on the doorstep all night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, now, what do you guys think of the names that they threw around to, like, temporarily give him? I thought, the way they, they said Fred was a bad name, but Raymond was a good name. Now, I get why they went with Raymond, but I think if I had to choose between naming a child Fred or naming a child Raymond, I would choose Fred. I would just go with Fred. Yeah, I would. But, again, it apparently was not on Vogue, was it? So, you know, spoiler alert for future episodes, there is a baby that's going to be called Fred, and that's very insulting of Trixie to say that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but all the, all the like, um, people who donated stuff to little baby Raymond oh, and everything, like, they brought no. a cradle and clothes and diapers. Was, well, he was, was so lovely. cute as well, and Cynthia was, like, with him all the time, like, a little yeah. sort of mom. It was lovely. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. then it turns out that, obviously, Lynette's the mum because she collapses in the yeah. Can I just say about the nativity as well? It was lols. It was hilarious how <laughs> how ridiculous Chummy. Also, can I just say I really love the insight into Chummy and Peter's home life. Oh yes. Now come to bed before you get pneumonia off the lino. I just love that. <laughs> um, Wait. Oh, lino is linoleum. Feet having her feet on the floor is what yeah. Lino oh. is the linoleum floor covering. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. We have linoleum here too, but I we don't we don't really say that the same. Well, way, so. we don't. It's not nineteen fifties. Like. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah so anyway so you, you saw a bit of insight into their life which was gorgeous but like yeah. the the oh the nativity just made me absolutely lull and i was loving jack because remember jack was the one who was like a little um bestie mm-hmm. that's carried on that relationship and i just love it so much he was like mm-hmm. saying quiet when our Kayla, <laughs> like when uh i keep wanting to call him miranda what's her name in it chummy when chummy. chummy was uh was all like um you know be quiet everyone and he's like quiet and I, I just loved it. And he was Jack, he was the king and stuff. And, oh, <laughs> I, just, I just loved it so much. And also I love the really nice old 1960s brownies outfits. Oh, 1960s. I know. Aren't they good? Also, I had to laugh too when, because this is also the episode where um, we see kind of Dr. Turner back more again. He's been, you know, kind of in and out or whatever, but he's he has a bigger part this time. And um, they're all kind of, you know, gathering their like homemade stuff and then the things that they have in boxes from previous years. And everyone is going to get a performance badge at the end, except for Tim, who's Dr. Turner's son, because he's going to get the musical badge or something, because he's going to play his violin, I think. Anyways. And so, but she looks over at Tim and she's like, oh, Tim, she's like, didn't you remember to bring a tea towel? And he says, no, my dad forgot. And like, just get it like rolls his eyes so big. And I was like, it just, it, I really laughed at that. Actually. Yeah, but they made a few references to that this time because they were like, no, but they're mm-hmm. saying obviously something up, hint, hint. Mm-hmm. But they were saying, um, they were like, first off, right at the start when him and Bernadette were there, Sister Bernadette was like a bit awkward around him. I wonder why. Mm. Um, and she was like, uh, oh, and he was like, yes, it's been nearly a year. It's our first Christmas without his mother since his mother died. And then Trixie was like, oh, Dr. Turner, would you like to stay for uh, for tea? And he was like, no, Timothy's in the car. And she was like, oh, housekeeper's, you know, dr- uh, left you in it again. Well, we'll put something in a bag for you. I thought, invite Timothy in, you buggers. <laughs> and then... Um, because he's like, fish and chips again for us. And then when he goes... And he steals the fish and chips. <laughs> he's like that's my dinner and he's like no anyway sorry bud you know and just yeah your mom's died and you're having no dinner um (laughs) and then um and then there was the last bit when the when obviously the tea towel thing so they're hinting at like the Mm. fact that he needs a mother (laughs) 
but also him and him and uh, Tr- Dr. Turner and Bernadette had, you know, another one of their kind of clandestine scenes. I mean, she's clean. Free there's a free some there. Yeah, yeah. Can I have to say, I hate the smoking. I hate him smoking. I just, I know it's in, I know it's completely makes sense for the time and that's his character and, you know, all that. But I don't know, just the smoking. Ugh, it's just gross. But he he does seem to have a look for Bernadette and she certainly has a look for him too, so. Who knows what that's going to (laughs) mean? Okay, so Lynette is sick. She collapses. That's when it finally comes out. She says, you know, I'm really sorry. And then Chummy says, well, you can tell me what's going on. And then her family turns up at the hospital. I actually was surprised. I thought the dad was going to be harder on her than the mom. But the mom was really critical, really judgmental. It's shame shame in the community, isn't it? I know, but the dad is so much more understanding. I think her mum had a cheek because her mum is basically saying that she can't keep the baby because she's a child herself. And I thought mm. that is rich because you've got her raising all your gaggle of children because you've had so many. Mm-hmm. True mm-hmm. fact. True fact. Also, when I thought it was, I thought it was interesting too that she gave the concept context of how Lynette ended up getting pregnant because I mean I think all of us you know were like well where would this even come from I mean she's she's so busy with school and taking care of her brothers and sisters and stuff but she says oh there was did they go they went on holiday or they moved Margate they went on a they went on a weekend or a break to Margate yeah and there and didn't was they boy... say that she was staying at the boarding house across the road no the no, boy... there was a kid uh, there's a boy opposite uh, I was like, why have they put Lynette in on a road? <laughs> they didn't. They got a bunking up with some young lad. <laughs> oh, but can't you say it? Like, literally, she's, she's, you know, she's basically saddled with all of her brothers and sisters, babysitting for them all the time. Like, she's working really hard. She's, I'm sure, often overlooked and just kind of, you know, considered to be like a helper and everything. And then even if this, I mean, who knows if this boy was like very nice or very good looking or very anything. But I mean, he was actually somebody that like paid attention to her and like wanted to show her like affection and like, you know, kind of something for her own. Well, we know what he himself. wanted and he got it. Well, I know, <laughs> but but she wanted it too. I mean, rage <laughs> mother of his child. But I was I I was not surprised that she wanted something just for herself and I I I had to give it to her. You know what I mean? Like when you're well, he was a really the... cute baby as well. Oh Raymond was gorgeous. gorgeous. Oh could we talk about the other birth as well? Oh, oh God. Mrs. Levins, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like well, the people right, number one, can we talk about the fact that in the 50s they were like my parents were alive then. But it just absolutely blows my mind. I know it's not actual footage of like real things that went on, <laughs> but the fact that there were still like communal toilets in the corridors and that man's at the end waiting to go in the toilet, like also the fact that he, as if he'd be like, Oh yeah, I need the toilet, get off it while you can <laughs> he go so he was like, can't you go somewhere else? And they were like, no. Yeah, he thought that she could move. Also, but also, can I just, just say, Sister Julianne was a badass. She was like, who rang an ambulance? There was no need. <laughs> I love the fact when she told her to be quiet with her next contraction. <laughs> She's like, put it all into pushing this baby out of you. Also, just another amazingly disgusting place where a woman has to give birth. I mean, now, like... I mean, I just, I, another. All you need, Jen, is towels and hot water. Oh my God. I mean, I was like, literally, people poop there and you're going to give birth in that same space. I just could not believe it. Yeah, I think a a communal toilet in 1950 is is quite different from a Mm. a toilet nowadays. I bet it's probably the same as one of the toilets at Glastonbury that I 
very much tried to avoid. Anyway, <laughs> right. Heroes and zeros of the week, ladies. Shall I go first? Go on. My zero is that man in the queue for the toilet. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate, but your, your you know, ablutions do not deserve uh, any more <laughs> importance than a woman giving birth in a toilet. Like, it's, mm-hmm. oh my God. And, oh, it, honestly, it just makes me a bit, feel a bit sick. <laughs> and my hero of the week, I think, do you know what? It's going to be Jenny Lee. And this is a very rare occurrence because she, mm. she grates on me. But for sorting out um, Mrs. Jenkins, Mrs. Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. With, the, with the graves of her kids, and because it, it was absolutely moving as hell. Although mm. some special mention does go to the silk thread that uh, that Lynette used to, uh, to uh, clamp her uh, umbilical, umbilical cord. cord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bex, you're up. So my hero is just a Christmas special. I just bloody love a Christmas special. I love mm. everything about it. I love the old-fashioned Christmas songs. I love the crepe paper, the decorations. Yeah, same. The snow that hangs in the air constantly, which it never does. Um, yeah, I just love Christmas specials. We haven't actually spoken about the fact that it was a Christmas special. That like that's how much has gone on in the background, but it was just gorgeous, wasn't it? All the Christmas everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then my zero. I think it's going to be Lynette's mum. Mm. Yeah, shaming her, just not yeah. But like, obviously, in the end, she was and blah blah blah, but bitch at the time jen (laughs) um okay we maybe can chat about the christmas special like really quick before we close but um i'm gonna go super lighthearted because this episode was very very intense um so my zero is gonna be timothy getting no dinner having his dinner stolen away by his overworked father um i hate to see someone go hungry and also fishing (laughs) so nice no one should ever take those away from you um and then my hero is um okay I'm gonna keep it lighthearted I'm gonna I'm gonna give my hero to um Chummy just working her absolute bum off trying to get that Christmas special up and running I mean she built all of those costumes twice effectively and she made it really beautiful and you know she put real wool on the little sheep and everything I know oh when Cynthia was in the box outfit yes (laughs) And she was like, if you think this is complicated, well, you should see frankincense. <laughs> She's like, it's even more like esoteric or something, which I thought was so good. Um, yeah, that was that was just so and the sweet. and the wool was donated by Lynette's dad. By Lynette's dad, yeah, 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 yeah. Also, you know what else? I, I got to give Chummy this. It, it, like to your point about her and Peter in bed together, um, it was really sweet because she was, you know, kind of going on and she's like, oh, this is our parish. Like, I want people to be proud of it. I want this to be something that, you know, is really nice and not just, you know, kind of the shabby, you know, one that's like down the street or whatever. And Peter's like, oh, come on in bed. Like, you know, you know, you can do it and everything. And so he's hugging her and he's just like, I've seen what you can do. You know, you don't have anything to worry about. And she's like, yeah, I know. That's what I'm afraid of. But he has such confidence in her. And that is just such a beautiful, oh, it's just another beautiful thing about their relationship. Oh, wait, and second klaxon for Horlicks. Because you remember when Chummy was sitting holding baby Raymond and, and he was like, oh, are you going to come home? And she's like, no, I'm on call. And he's like, well, are you sure you don't seem too well? And she's like, no, I'll have a cup of Horlicks and I'll be fine. So the Horlicks lives on. So I mentioned that. I don't know if he's got caffeine. It mustn't have caffeine in, but it seems have to work. Have we ever looked? I thought it sent you to, I thought it was like yeah. a water drink that sent you to sleep. Yeah, well, maybe, obviously, just to get them to sleep quicker when they're on a night shift, maybe. 
I mean, for as much as no, they shouldn't be sleeping at all. Yeah, you think they'd want somebody to keep them up, but I don't know. They for the amount that you guys drink drink tea, I feel like tea is almost never mentioned on the show. But they mention Horlicks like eight thousand times a day. They do show tea a lot, though. They show it, but it's not you know kind of like people don't say you know fancy a cuppa like a million times like almost every other show does. True. But that is actually like the reality TV because in my house I'm there like, could we have? Oh, get me a cuppa. Oh, have a cuppa. But if someone's had a rough day, would you want a cup of tea? <laughs> or if someone's a bit of shark tea with sugar. Oh yes. Oh well, that's what they do in later seasons. They keep on saying, "Oh, a cup of tea, well sugared, well sugared." You know, like, yeah, they do that a lot. We'll have to have a klaxon for that when we get to that point of the show. But all right, girls, we made it. Didn't you have a? game oh no 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 I, my game is for next time because next time we're going to do a recap of season one remember how we discussed oh right, okay Fair yeah so listeners tune in because next time we'll do kind of a, a more fun overview of season one with you know some different activities and fun things to listen to which i think will be really good so it's the end of season one we'll be back with the recap and then season two mm-hmm. well the good news is as well there's so many seasons now and the new yeah. season's just been announced so season 13 or 12 do we again know? this would be good if we'd done research <laughs> we've all seen them all but we just can't remember the numbers though a war do you know what i mean if you if you do listen we are not this thick normally <laughs> This is the kind of, you know, except, exceptional craftsmanship and professionalism that our that our valued audience has come to expect from us, well, yeah. You're not bloody paying for it, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're getting it for you free. Liter- you literally got what you paid for, you, <laughs> you literally did. <laughs> um, all right, well, should we should we start doing that um, thing that um, podcasters always say, which is, you know, thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe, leave a review, it would really help us, all that kind of stuff. Well, you've just done it. Well said, well said, Jen. And also follow us on Twitter and our Facebook page and um, share and speak to us, speak to us on there. So ask us questions, give us ideas, give us feedback. Not bad feedback. We're doing this for free. (laughs) There's no need to be nasty. Yeah. What's our Twitter Twitter handle, Al? And what's our Facebook handle? Again, Jen. (laughs) It would be good. (laughs) I think it's Recall the Mid Pod. You know what? We'll we'll put it in the show notes, which I know we have. It's already on and... there. It's already on there. Okay, so if you're if you're looking to connect with us that way, look in the show notes and you'll find it. So oh, I'm impressed. We've got show notes. Yeah, so yeah. I fill it in every time I upload it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> they may write the synopses and be better, <laughs> but I actually upload it. <laughs> Nothing with that, Alex. You well, really to be would. fair, nothing without my husband because he does all the uh, <laughs> editing for us. But still, let's it's, pretend it's a, it's a real it's a real no notice house t- style energy where we all pitch in in some way. Or yeah, another. you two assist Monica Joan. <laughs> <laughs> what a savage roast! Oh wait, before we go, one last thing. Can I tell? So our episodes have been getting published and listened to, and I finally got to let my mom listen to some of the episodes. And I, I literally said to her, I'm like, oh, mom, you listened to an episode. What did you think? And she goes, well, I just really think you say like a little bit too much and you really need to work on that. <laughs> That's the first thing you're going to say to me about this podcast. You're going to just drag me to filth like on this, you know, effort that I Was I'm it making. just to you or all of us? 
No, I think it was just specifically directed to me. By the oh, way, the God. daughter that like, you know, loves her, cares for her, you know, all this kind of stuff. She's going to read we're me that way. Backs. We're absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys could say like every other word and it wouldn't matter at all. But, you know, to me, she's going to, you know, tell me. He that. said, Jen, oh, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say one like in my synopsis, did I? So, oh my gosh. Well, anyways, I've taken the note. I'm going to work on it. We'll see if I can make, it, make a difference. But... Right. Bye, yeah. ladies. See you next pleasure. time. Thank yes. you for listening. Till Thank you for time. listening. See you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.